Welcome to Sex Ed Rewind, reflections on how we learn about sex. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode zero of Sex Ed Rewind. I'm your host, Carol Confort, and I'm thrilled that you're joining me today. In today's episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the show. I'm going to give you some context on sex education in the U.S. I'm going to give you some of my professional background and just generally going to get you set and ready to enjoy the show. So on Sex Ed Rewind, I bring on guests and together we explore their lived experiences of the sex education that they received when they were younger. So we explore how it impacted their lives back then, um, but we also bring it forward to today and we look at how it has impacted their relationship to sex, sexuality, gender, pleasure, their bodies, and so much more. While we definitely look at the sex education that we received in school, we also look beyond that. We look at the messages we got from our family, the things we learned from our friends, what we got from the media, if we watched porn, what we learned from porn. So it's a really holistic view of the many different ways that we all learned about sex as young people. We look at sex ed through the lens of gender, sexuality, race, religion, chronic illness, and so much more. I do think it's important to note that there's so much going on in the world today, but the lens of this podcast is sex education. So while we won't be discussing current events, we will still definitely be having our conversation about sex education in the context of the world today. So speaking of context, let's get into uh, a little bit of background on what comprehensive sex education is. So it's important to understand kind of the gold standard of comprehensive sex education, what we should all be striving for, what we all deserve. And when we understand that, it's a little bit easier to see just how problematic some of the sex education experiences that we've had actually are. So what is comprehensive sex ed? It's a lot of different things, but sort of at its core, it's the sharing of knowledge and shaping of inclusive attitudes around sex, sexuality, sexual identity, relationships, gender, self-love, and so much more. Sex education is scientifically accurate, it's age-appropriate, it's culturally informed, it's sex-positive, and it's comprehensive. So scientifically accurate is kind of self-explanatory. It just means that the information that we're sharing is in fact correct. It's medically and scientifically accurate. Age-appropriate means that we're giving sex education that is appropriate for the age of the people in the classroom. So sex education can actually start as soon as young people can walk and talk, right? As soon as they're toddlers. And of course, that doesn't mean we're talking to toddlers about contraception or things like that. What it means is we are teaching toddlers to name and identify their body parts correctly, to ask permission before they give another toddler a hug. And of course, as young people grow and change, so does their sex education. Sex education is culturally informed. This means that the curricula is a reflection of the culture and the community that it's taught in. Sex positive means that it looks at pleasure. It looks at sex as something that is positive, that can be fun and rewarding, that's pleasure-centered, right? It's not fear-based. 
So why is it important that sex education is all of these things? So when we have all this information and we share it with young people, and I mean people of all ages for that matter, we're really empowering them to make confident, informed, healthy, and safe choices when it comes to their sex lives. It allows folks to not only protect themselves from negative outcomes, so think uh, contracting an STI or an unplanned pregnancy, So not only does it protect them from negative outcomes, but it also allows them to engage in sexual experiences that are rewarding and enjoyable whenever they are ready. It gives them the language and autonomy to feel comfortable talking about sex, the words to name their body parts, to name the things they want to try, to name the things they don't want to try, right? And by giving them that language, it also allows them to ask for help when they need help getting their needs met, seek out an adult when they need assistance. And generally, it just helps them have more autonomy and better control over their own lives. Okay, so now that we are more familiar with what sex education should look like, I want to just list some of the laws that we have in place in this country that are legislating sex education. Presently, there are no laws at the federal level that legislate sex education. So there's no like nationwide standard that all classrooms must meet. So what this means is that sex ed is legislated on a state-to-state basis. And this is problematic because it essentially just means anything goes. And I'm going to share with you guys some of the legislation now that shows why this is problematic. Okay, first of all, only 29 states and D.C. mandate that sex ed be taught in schools. So that means like 20 plus states out there don't even require that students have any type of sex education whatsoever. They're just totally leaving them to their own devices. Of these states, only 17 require that sex ed is medically accurate. Let me repeat that. There are only 17 states in this country that require that sex education is medically accurate. So that means the vast majority of states are allowed to teach whatever they want in a sex education classroom and it's not against the law. Wild. So next, 39 states require that information on abstinence be provided, but only 20 states and D.C. require that information on contraception and condoms be provided. So that means there are 39 states out there in which sex education classrooms do not have to talk about condoms or contraception at all, which is wild because that is a massive part of sex education and teaching young people to engage in sex in a safe and healthy way. Next, only nine states require that the importance of consent to sexual activity be covered. So only nine states require that we have to teach young people about consent. Nine states require the discussion of LGBTQ plus identities in an inclusive and affirming way. That's also bad news. Only nine states are saying that you have to talk about LGBTQ identities, period. So that means there's plenty of states that can just not mention the fact that gender and sexuality are spectrums in any capacity, and that's totally fine. And a really alarming one, seven states either prohibit sex educators from discussing LGBTQ identities or actually require sex educators to frame LGBTQ identities and relationships negatively. So that means there is legislation in place that says you have to talk about LGBTQ identities and relationships negatively. That's 
dangerous stuff, folks. That's dangerous stuff. I'm going to wrap up with two more. Oklahoma has a law that requires the state's health department and local schools to provide quote-unquote educational materials to the public that clearly and consistently teach that abortion kills a living human being. Again, that's completely inaccurate. Lastly, Louisiana and Tennessee have laws that prohibit organizations who provide abortions from providing sex education in schools. So abortion providers, also known as doctors, are not allowed to teach sex education in schools. That's dangerous. So these statistics I found from the Guttmacher Institute and Planned Parenthood. I'm going to post them in the show notes. So now I want to talk a little bit about why these laws matter. Clearly, there's no guarantee that sex education is going to be taught to the young people in this country. And if it is going to be taught, there's no way for us to really make sure that the information is accurate, that it's productive, healthy, useful, or empowering in any way. And a 2016 study actually found that in the U.S., the average high school requirements for sex ed total only 6.2 hours of instruction on human sexuality and only four hours or less on HIV, STIs, and pregnancy prevention. Can you imagine getting 6.2 hours of math or social studies or any other subject when you're a young person? You're not going to learn anything, right? Nothing's going to stick with you. So what are the consequences of these laws? In the United States... As of 2018, we have one of the highest rates of teen pregnancy in the developed world, and 75% of pregnancies among 15 to 19-year-olds are unplanned. Also in 2018, the rates of syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia climbed for the fifth consecutive year in a row. There were 26 million newly acquired STIs in 2018 alone, and nearly one in two incident STIs were acquired by people aged 15 to 24. In the United States, nearly one in five women have experienced completed or attempted rape during their lifetime, and that's actually a pretty conservative statistic. Some places say as many as one in three women. One in three female rape victims experience their rape for the first time between the ages of 11 and 17 years old. Nearly one in five women and one in 12 men have experienced contact sexual violence by an intimate partner. From 2016 through 2018, the number of rape and sexual assault victimizations in the U.S. increased by 146%. One in four women and one in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical violence and or intimate partner contact sexual violence. In terms of the spectrum of sexuality and gender, there was a report in 2020 that showed that the hate crimes based on sexual orientation represent 16.7% of all hate crimes, the third largest category after race and religion. The report also showed an uptick in gender identity-based hate crimes from 2018 to 2019. Also in 2019, a study found that people who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, or gender nonconforming are nearly four times as likely to be victims of violent crime than those outside those communities. So obviously, the sex education that we're getting in this country is not serving us in any way. 
We are withholding information about condoms and contraception. We're often promoting religious ideologies in the place of science and medical accuracy. We're promoting gender stereotypes and harmful stereotypes for LGBTQ plus communities that is literally resulting in violence and death against those very communities. So we really need to shape up, essentially, is the moral of this story. Uh, Before I forget, those statistics came from Guttmacher Institute, the CDC, National Coalition for Domestic Violence, and the Human Rights Campaign. Again, I will link all of those articles in the show notes. So all of that pretty bleak information is the reason why I started this show. I wanted to look at exactly how the sex education we have all received has impacted essentially our relationship to sex and what all of this legislation has done to impact the communities we were raised in, the communities we live in now, and the people that we grew up to be. So I hope that by talking about sex education, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between, I can contribute to the existing conversation on how to better improve the quality of and the access to sex education, not just for young people in this country, but for all of us. So if you all are still listening, thanks for sticking with me through that 12 minutes of me talking. Um, (laughs) Hopefully that was helpful in some capacity. Wanted to share a little bit about me. I'm a comprehensive sex educator. I've got a master's degree from NYU in global gender studies. I've worked in Zambia, Malawi, the United Arab Emirates, here in the United States, mostly in New York, focusing on women's sexual reproductive health, education access, and rights. I've facilitated sexual health programming to people of all ages and genders and races and cultures and backgrounds. And I love to place a really strong emphasis on pleasure and inclusivity and recognizing the reality of intersecting identities. Thanks again for listening. And next time you tune in, I will be interviewing my very first guest. And I can't wait for you all to hear. find the show on instagram at sex ed rewind or online on my website at caroconfort.me i drop new episodes to podcast platforms every monday the cover art and website are by kelsey reifler and the podcast is produced and edited all by me 